Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson today comes from uh, Matthew's Gospel, the 15th chapter. I'm going to truncate it a a bit and begin with the 21st verse. So hear with me now the words of the Lord. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly with demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him, send her away. She keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, as we gather in worship again, may your spirit bind our hearts together and bind them to you so that the words that you speak to our ears might be heard deep in our souls and transform our lives so that we would come away from this hour not just as hearers of your word, but so importantly as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. When Mary and I were still dating, it was the summer before we got engaged, the summer before we got married, we were doing our field education work and she was in Mooresville, I was over in Cheryl's Ford, and she called me that evening and she said, you need to come over. I have something to show you. So as I went over to the house where she was staying, on the back porch in a box was a puppy. Now it seems that earlier in the day a car had driven to the end of the cul-de-sac, had stopped for a minute, and then sped off, leaving this dog. And she decided that I needed him, and maybe even he needed me. Snoopy was a basilab. A Basset Lab Mix dog, one that was so unique that when my grandmother met him for the first time, her words were, you're so ugly, you're cute. Now, mind you, it probably hurt my feelings. Actually, it did hurt my feelings at the time, but there's a lot of truth and wisdom in her words. I mean, you've got to imagine a basic Labrador retriever with Basset Lab, uh, Basset legs and Basset ears. The truth is, he never knew that he was a dog. He sort of tolerated Mary while we were dating and he was a little confused and irked when we got married and she moved in the house, but he kind of grew to like her. And then when we brought Clara home from the hospital after she was born, he was really unsure about this, about everything to do with her, 
but their relationship changed as she began to learn to feed herself in the high chair. As it would happen, she began to drop food, bits and pieces. You know how it's like when kids learn to feed themselves. There's food that just kind of goes everywhere, more on the plate, more on the table, more on the floor than in the child. Each time she got in the high chair, he began to circle her like a shark, just waiting for food to drop. But this reached a crescendo the night that we began to let her feed herself spaghetti. And so as she's sitting there in the high chair trying to put the noodles in her mouth, she took great delight in holding her hand over the side of the high chair and letting the noodles drop, giggling the whole time that she did it. Soon noodles were flying everywhere, and it was a bit like watching the seals or the sea lions at SeaWorld. She would hold her hand over, and this no-leg lab head would pop up out of nowhere below the table, snapping up whatever she dropped or trying to get it off the wall. Not long after that, that dog learned and loved to follow her wherever she went, with or without food. Their relationship was cemented in that moment. And it was like that throughout the rest of his life. I will also add parenthetically, it was somewhat the demise of the house rule about not feeding the dog from the table. Feeding the dog from the table has always been a point of consternation and debated in households ever since humanity first domesticated the first wild dog. And in sermon prep, I have to tell you, getting ready for this text this week, these stories of Snoopy and Clara came to mind as I've realized the woman arguing and debating with Jesus about whether or not she should get crumbs from the table of grace. I've got to tell you, in sermon prep, so many times I read the text through multiple times trying to listen to hear what it is that God wants from me, what it is that God is speaking to us. And as I read the text through the first time this, this past week, really getting focused on the sermon, I was really troubled by it. I mean, you've got the Canaanite woman, and she seeks Jesus' help in healing her daughter who was sick. And Jesus, as she speaks to him, doesn't say anything to her. And the disciples, because apparently she keeps saying, would you help me, would you help me? They come to Jesus, they don't do anything. They say, Jesus, just send her away. And I wanted to be a part of the story. And I wanted to go, are you not paying attention? She's crying out for help. Are you not going to do anything? Listen to her. Her daughter is sick. She is heartbroken. She is in despair. She is desperate. Would you just do something for her? But it was in the second and third reading that I began to see what was unfolding in the text. See, if we go back in the story, we remember that Jesus and the disciples, that they have been teaching almost nonstop since the since Sermon on the Mount, healing people, preaching in the synagogues and in the fields, doing wonderful miracles. They were exhausted. And the text says that they withdrew to the region of Sidon and Tyre, some 50 miles from Galilee, 50 miles from where they had been teaching. They went out of the country, essentially, to get away from it all. 
Now, this was not a vacation. This was not shirking their duties, retreating for, the, for doing what they were doing. Instead, it was a chance to rest and recuperate, to recharge their batteries, to get ready for the next big round of ministry that they would do. They were exhausted. But we've also got to remember that Matthew's gospel is written to a Jewish audience. It is written to remind the people, to convince the people that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, who had come to deliver them from their present condition and into the promised land of God's kingdom. And then you add another layer at this. I mean, everything about the Canaanite woman's approach was against the culture of the day. I mean, first she was a woman and she dares address a rabbi. She dares address a religious leader. She dares, comes and asks anything by herself. Then on top of that, she's a Canaanite. She's a foreigner. She's not even an Israelite. And then we get down to questions of religion. She is not of the Jewish faith, and yet she comes to Jesus seeking his healing, seeking his help for her daughter, and thus, in a sense, for herself. She is so distraught, she says, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is sick. Everything about her approach is all against the culture of the day, but yet there's something different in it. There is an anguish that only a parent can feel for their child. But take note of what else happens. Though Jesus doesn't speak, he also doesn't send her away. He speaks when the disciples come and ask him to send her away. And that's when he begins the, the, the dialogue about coming for the lost sheep of Israel. But then she calls him Lord. Take note that she begs for mercy. She has no right to receive it, yet she begs for mercy, expecting it with a poverty of spirit. She knows that she is nothing, and yet she comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, would you help me? She believes, even though she knows that there should not be much that Christ can do for her, unless it's the unthinkable, to break all the boundaries, all the rules. All she wants is just a crumb. She doesn't want the whole loaf of the kingdom. She just wants a crumb of grace from God's table. She has faith that coming to Jesus, that he will grant her meager plea. And it's in those moments when we look at those readings and realize all of this that comes together that Jesus flips the script on the world around him. That what he does in that moment that he pronounces the good news of the gospel for all the world to hear. That God's grace is available to all of humanity. No matter what boxes we check in the demographic lists of life on race, on gender, on politics, on orientation, on nationality, on denomination, geography, even on the past of our reputations or our abilities or our knowledge. No, the only thing that matters to God is that we have faith. 
the grounded belief that no matter what, then our, that in our hour of need, that God is there, that God's grace is poured out for us, that it is given to us all because we believe that God loves all of humanity. You see, in this text, Jesus is trying to take a day off, but yet doesn't abandon the Canaanite woman. He didn't do it immediately, but the persistence of her faith was rewarded. And that which reminds us that Jesus is always present and always at work and never really off, never really taking a vacation from the ministry of the world, never taking a vacation from grace, that Jesus is always offering that gift to us. And it brings the question, is our practice of faith the same as that of the Canaanite woman? Do we practice our faith with the same fervor, the same belief that she did? I mean, no matter what we are wrestling with, do we seek Jesus out? Remember, she is in a foreign land and she hears that Jesus might be nearby and she goes and finds him. Do we seek Jesus out? Do we, like her, boldly ask for what we need, though we know our own shortcomings, our own failings? She knew that she wasn't perfect, and yet she boldly asked Jesus' help. She was persistent. She was willing to wait. She was willing to ask. And do we do the same thing, knowing that Christ is our hope? Are we persistent with our own petitions? Are we persistent with our own faith that we're willing to ask, knowing that Christ is our hope and that Christ will come to us? Are we like her where we ask not for more than we need, but for just what we need and okay with that? See, I don't know what ills and troubles you are wrestling with. I don't know what you're wrestling with this week. I don't know what those around you are wrestling with. Maybe it's grief. Maybe you're wrestling with grief or the loss of a loved one or of missed red letter events in your life in the last six, eight months and the months to come. Maybe wrestling with grief over a stolen college experience or a senior year that hangs in limbo or the loss of a job or grieving the normalcy of life pre-pandemic. Or maybe we're wrestling with loss loss of community and feeling disconnected from each other and those around us, or loss of a rhythm and a routine because life is constantly changing with the whims of time, the whims of the virus and all that goes along with it. Or maybe we're wrestling with illness, physical illness, mental illness, struggles within our relationships, maybe even a poverty of our own spirit. Or maybe it's just a disappointment that life is not like you want it to be or that people have let you down. But you see, the good news of us being gathered in worship in our homes and gathered together united in spirit is that we are there on the mountaintop with Jesus. 
and that we learn that if our faith is persistent, if our faith is strong, much like that of the Canaanite woman, that Christ answers us and comes to us. That there is just enough grace for each and every one of us gathered in worship and for all the world. And while we may not get a feast, we will get the crumbs and just enough so that we are fed today. That our petitions are answered today and in God's time. That Christ is with us. And that our faith says if we will follow Christ all the days of our lives, that we will not be abandoned. We will not be left alone. We will not be unheard. That we will not be answered. So the practice of our faith becomes very important. Will we pray without ceasing? Will we listen with stillness to hear the utterances of God? That we seek the answers deep in our hearts. And that we are focused on the goodness that God provides for us. And the realization that we live in God's kingdom. And the beloved community of God is open to all of us. No matter what boxes we check. That all is required is simply faith. The grounded belief that no matter what. That in our hour of need that God is there and that we will receive the grace of God, the love of God, the kingdom of God for our needs at hand. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.